Charlie, and welcome to the podcast that's about to take your faith on a delightful and slightly unpredictable journey. That's right. It's time to dive into the world of messy antics. Now, if you've ever found yourself caught between the matzo cracker and the communion wafer, you're in for an absolute treat. We're here to chat about all things messianic and Torah, and let me tell you, it's a roller coaster of divine proportions. Think of us as your trusty guide in this biblical amusement park. We're going to explore the highs and the lows, the holobread wins, and the wandering in the wilderness fails. Get ready for candid conversations, guest appearance by prophets, well, maybe just their descendants, and discussions about what it's really like to walk out this whole word of Adonai. So whether you're a seasoned sukkah assembler or you're just wondering about what on earth is a mezuzah, join us for some laughter and maybe learning a little bit about this holy chaos. After all, life is messy and faith is full of antics. Well, I get to interview one of my friends today. Um, Elisa and I actually went to high school together. Uh, however, we uh, weren't, we were in a different classes, but we reconnected and then had another season apart and then reconnected again. And it's really fun the way that the father has had us kind of chase each other around and how literally this life has brought us back together. And um, those of you who do not know Elisa Rangel, I just want to tell you a little bit about her. Elisa ha is, she's been married for 37 years and has a powerful testimony about her marriage for another time. We'll have to have her back for just that three children and six grandchildren. She's been in leadership for more than 20 years. Uh, you may know her from the branch in Colorado Springs. Uh, she used to book tours in Israel, or she's just taken a sabbatical because we're going to try to get her back doing that. Leading family and marriage ministries, starting home communities. Her passion is ministering to women and researching and traveling. And she's about to leave for Israel. And she has been walking tour for 2008. Hello, Miss Elisa. Hello. How are you? So good. I'm glad you're here. I'm so excited. I want you to tell everyone a little bit about how you came. How did you kind of get awakened to Torah? Oh my. Well, um, actually I got awakened to Torah um by do, booking trips to Israel. And uh I met a man there. His uh actually he's uh um his name is uh, Rabbi Moshe. He's got a shop at Shorshim and he's still there, in fact. I would just saw him on my last trip. Um, but he started talking to me about um, Jesus and he's like, do you know what his real name is? And I'm like, no, what's his real name? It's all Yeshua. I'm like, oh, and I, I thought as a, you know, as a Jewish person, I thought he was Messianic and believing in Yeshua. And he said, well, I do believe in Yeshua. I believe he was a good rabbi. I don't believe he is God. I'm like, what? He goes, but he was a very Torah observant rabbi, you know, a Jew. And I'm like, a Jew? What do you mean? <laughs> I, I was like so stunned because, you know, I've only been in Christianity for about, what, six years at that point. And, you know, I was late bloomer. I didn't come to the Lord till I was 30. Um, but I was like, what? So he just really challenged me just to kind of like, well, what is the law? I'm like, what do you, what do you mean by Torah? He goes, well, it means law, but it really means like instruction, kind of like your father, you know, when you grew up, he gave you instructions, right? Things that would help protect you, things that would give you long life. You know, I'm like, okay, he's all, it's like that. That's what Torah is. He goes, but Torah is really all about the heart. So I was like, the heart, like, 
I was so confused. I'm like, okay. So I came back to the States and I was on staff at um, Calvary Chapel, Oceanside. And uh, I just started digging into my Bible and um, he would email me and just ask me like, okay, so did you read all of Genesis? I'm like, I did. I'm like, he goes, okay, did you read all of um, Exodus? I'm like, I did. He goes, do you have any questions? I'm like, yes. And so I was just asking him all these different questions about different things. Like, I'm like, okay, what does it mean here about Torah? And, you know, what does it mean here when he's talking about Moses and Moses and God's telling him like to obey the commands? Like I had all these questions and he was so just really patient with me as I'm, you know, just trying to unfold everything. And then I happened to meet a couple in Colorado, I mean, in uh, San Diego, uh, Holly, Eric and Holly was their name. And uh, they were following Torah. And so I just started kind of hanging out with them. I'm like, what? Okay, so I've been talking to this one guy, Rabbi, but he doesn't believe Jesus is God, but he does believe that Jesus was a law abiding rabbi. I'm like, and I have all these questions. So I just kind of started hanging out with them and just learning, learning just so much. Like I almost felt like it was a fire hydrant in the beginning, but um, that was kind of like my quick way of coming into Torah. And it's been a lifelong journey since 2008. I'm sure it looks different. Did you find yourself going through cycles, like extremes at all in that process? Oh yeah. I mean, when I first was like, you know, this is in the Bible. Like I told you, I'm like, oh my God, like we don't do this. Like this says forever. Like it says, this is an eternal covenant. Like I'm like, how come we're, how come we're not doing this? So my job was all, well, honey, let's just do it. I'm like, okay. So the first thing I decided to do was um, Passover. <laughs> and so I Googled like, okay, so how do we do Passover? I, I have no idea how to do Passover. And um, so I went out and spent like a thousand dollars. I bought new pots and pans, new you know, utensils, plates, cups, I mean, the whole shebang, you know, because I didn't know anything about following. I was just, I just Googled, how do you keep Passover? So I just listened to, you know, these different websites. And so I went and bought all this stuff. And, but we, my first Passover had 18 people. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I went big, right. And 18 people and like three hours, the poor kids were so full on matzah. I <laughs> we hadn't eaten yet and uh you know but it was such a beautiful time of just really learning and honestly my journey what I love is I learned a lot of things probably the wrong way listening going to google and just listening to different people but I honestly it was so good because it just helped me to weed out a lot of things it just really helped me to get in tune with my bible like I'm oh my gosh it doesn't say that here Hmm. I'm like okay So what exactly does it say? How do I actually keep this? And over the years, I would say the first 10 years, there was something we were doing different for Passover every year, adding things, removing things, adding things, removing things. And then the last thing we came into was Shabbat, believe it or not, two years later, then we started keeping not only all the feasts, but then we started keeping Sabbath. And so, you know, that too was just a learning curve, learning, you know, I like having to, I love the prayers. I love lighting candles. But I kind of had to play around with that too, because I was like, wow, where's this written in the word? Mm. Beautiful, beautiful traditions. And I love them and I still do some of them today. But when I actually had to look at the word, I'm like, it actually doesn't say anything about lighting candles. 
you know, what does it really mean to keep the Sabbath according to scripture? So it's just been a beautiful journey of just how the father's met me and being able to see, okay, well, maybe I didn't do that, or maybe I didn't do this, but I didn't know this. Oh, and then look at this and just finding all these new nuggets and just being able to walk, um, haphazardly. And he's been so gracious to, you know, just bring me along and just show me all these different things. I'm like, Oh, father, thank you. It's been beautiful. I, I love you. that. And I love that Passover was your first, was your first, because that was the same for me. It's actually how he found me was in, uh, you know, Passover and Easter were two, three weeks apart. And I was like, why is, are they three weeks apart? And I was preparing to, to teach, uh, uh, the congregation I was pastoring. And it was like, why, why are they three weeks apart? And that started my journey, you know, back in the day before we had, uh, you know, you could go online and, and look everything up. I had to actually like go to the library and like find books and things, but then full circle, it comes back around and I actually, actually honored Passover and actually did a Seder in my home. And there was like eight of us. And we didn't know that you're supposed to use tiny little wine glasses so we used big giant wine glasses. And by the time we get to the next cup, we're like, well, we're not done with this one. And we're like shh, doing wine shots, like trying to hurry up so we could get to like the next thing. And it ends up everyone is like, you know, tipsy by the time we're done with, with ready to eat. But we were crying. We were like, I love Jesus. You know, like it was like, but but I will say it was probably the most beautiful um, holiday I've ever had. It was it, that holy day was so amazing. And that that time was so amazing because just the testimony of who Yeshua was, who he was in our lives. We can giggle now about the wine, but the body right. before that, I, I, we were just really overwhelmed at him being the Passover lamb and how he revealed to us first in his word about being savior, right? Isn't that beautiful? But yeah. look at how beautiful that is. Like all the mistakes that we made, you know. And I love that our God will actually honor where you're at. Yes. Wherever you come in and you learn and you just learn different things. And honestly, I think every person has to find how they want to be able to do it. Because if yeah. anything, you know, when reading through the scriptures, I found, you know, he doesn't give a lot of details for certain festivals. And he, he I really believe he gives people a lot of freedom for what the things that they actually want to incorporate and the things they don't. Yeah. Yeah. We've got like you, we've, we've played both sides, even with Sabbath. We, we did all the calendars and then we didn't do it. We're like, nope, just what the word says. And then we came back. Now we're finding the way to beautify Torah is actually by, for us, lighting candles helps us distinguish between the two saying the prayers. I mean, we've, we've had Shabbat together a couple of times um, with our, with our husbands and just saying those prayers and praying over each other. We have found that that affirming one another in the word, um, the world's trying to do it by speaking affirmations. We already are affirmed and we're just speaking the word over each other. And it's for my marriage, I would say that it's been life-changing. So you talk about things being kind of fun and do you have a fun, any funny stories about what kind of got messy in this process as you were learning? Oh my gosh. Well, I would have to say the, the messiest one was, um, I think it was like our first or I know it was probably like a third or fourth time doing Sabbath. And we too were doing the the blessings for the wine. And, um, you know, we're just trying to get this thing done. So as we're pouring the blessing, right. I'm, I'm not knowing what I'm doing. I'm trying to keep this, you know, this 
instruction sheet out and I'm, I'm reading it. And I'm like, okay, wait, wait, we have to say the prayers. Cause I really wanted to do them in Hebrew also. So I'm like <laughs> trying to get this done and I'm just butchering the whole thing. And I spill wine. We had people over, of course, you know, and so I'm trying to pick this up and, you know, I hit Joe's um, kiddish cup and then is it spills, it goes all over the bread. <laughs> I just had, I made, I actually made it, but it was a small little loaf. And so the hollow got soaked in the wine. And so then it was all over the table. And I was like, okay, well, I'm sorry, hold on, hold on. And I'm trying to get everything. And people are just looking at me because I thought, oh, I could invite these, you know, some Christian friends over and they were coming over to see Sabbath. And I was like, so excited. And it just got all literally wet and muddled. But again, <laughs> I think it was just so beautiful that, I got to figure it out and be like, okay, hold on. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I get so focused on trying to do things right that I forget to be present. Mm. And I really feel like that's been kind of a journey. And, you know, for me over the last like 10 years, what, you know, I don't, things don't have to be perfect. I just have to be present. And I really think the father honors that. Absolutely. Right? I found that in a moment when I was praying and going over the scripture and the story with Mary and Martha, it was, he was showing me that it wasn't that she was busy. It wasn't that she was getting work done. It was that she wasn't present because you can be marrying while you Martha, like yeah. she had her in, in my little experience. It, it doesn't say this anywhere in the word, but for my experience, when I was kind of in this immersion with him, it was, she had her back to him and she was, but Mary was like right there at his feet and she was right there. Like it, she was present and all all Martha had to do is just be present she could be working and present but instead she was so focused on the tasks that she forgot about the most important thing to be present for and and I know that you one of the things that you are uh you and I be talk about this all the time is about first ministry about being present about what's really important um do you want to share a little bit about that kind of your heart in that area mm being present. Oh my goodness. Well, I feel like one of the things he's really taught me is just, um, you know, I didn't think of it was like perfection. I just always thought I was, you know, I'm a multitasker. So I'm just trying to do all of these things. Right. But the problem mm -hmm. is, is over the years, I feel like I've gotten so busy with doing so many things, especially as a leader. I think you can probably uh, attest to this that, you know, you've got five or six things you're juggling right? And you're trying to get all this stuff done. You've got timeframes and, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get that done. And you come home and you do stuff with family. But I felt like what the father was saying is like, you know, you're so, you're so busy and you're busy trying to do things for me. And he loves that, but he's like, but I actually would love more for you to learn how to be present and let go of the perfection. And I was like, perfection. I really? I'm like, I don't, I don't think I'm trying to be perfect. Am I? Um, he's like, well, per perfection with a little bit of control, maybe. <laughs> so like, oh my goodness. Okay. Well, what does that actually look like? So I feel like the last couple of years, especially it's just been detangling a lot of things and really finding out where I'm supposed to be, um, learning how to really be present you know, whether I'm home with my husband or home with my, or out with my, my adult children or with my grandchildren or in ministry. Yes. Like I want to learn to really be present with people because that's really what God cares about, you know? And I, so I'm like, okay, father, I just, I really have to learn how to do these things because I, I really didn't know how. And so really learning how to say no, 
you know, and I love your phrase that I've coined a couple of times if I'm confessing, you know, it's like not my best guess. So I really feel like, you know, I'm going to have to pass on that this round. Yeah. That's hard to say though, right? It's hard to say, but you know that for you to be able to be present and to be your best for that person, or for, if you say yes to this, I'm going to have to say no to something else. And it has to be worth it. Like it's not worth it. Meaning like, it just means to be, it needs to be like, if I'm going to say yes to you, I know I'm probably saying yes to my no to my husband or my grandchildren or something. So it needs to be okay for me to be able to say, I have, there needs to be a, it needs to be a, something that's worth it for me to be say no to them. Whatever I'm saying yes to better be aligning with what he's wanting. It's because I need to spend time with you, whatever it is, but I know that doesn't keep coming across the way I want it to, but it's just, we just know, like if he's sitting in it and the father can say, no, sometimes he's going to say, no, you need to say no for a while. It's a season of yeah. no. There is that a- that's not bad. It's just, you need, to, you need to be present. So I noticed that you're sitting in your home office. I want to ask you quit some rapid fire questions. What's your favorite thing in your home office? In my home office? Uh-huh. In your office right there. What's your favorite thing? My, my bed. <laughs> I have slept on that bed. It is a great bed. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, yeah, it's my favorite because I do a lot of um, alone time with Abba. So I will actually part from my husband, you know, every maybe, I don't know, six, nine weeks, somewhere around there, just to decompress and have some alone, quiet time where the dogs aren't in here. You know, the family's not coming in here because they know like, hey, I'm going to have a little retreat time. This is where I can come and just, you know, listen to soaking music or just listening to the word journaling, asking questions. So I love my quiet time. So to be present, it's a, it's bed is the place for you to be present. Okay. So my, is your, is your personal bed made right now? No. What is your favorite holiday food or holy day food? Holiday food. Oh my gosh. Well. Really, every Sabbath, my favorite is challah bread. Ooh, yeah. I, I could just take a half a loaf and and just go alone with it, you know, butter, honey. Oh, my God. I'll, I'll, I mean, I'm just going to say it happened this weekend. I was like, oh, my gosh, I made some with apple and, like, cinnamon and butter and brown sugar over the top of it for Rosh Hashanah. And it was like, we ate the whole thing. It, I don't even know what to say. I know. Yeah. I'm so, kind of embarrassed to admit that. I'm like, oh right. Yeah. I don't even know. So would you rather, would you rather have regret about actions or regret about inactions? Oh, that's a good one. Regret about inaction or action. I would say inaction. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would have been my guess for you too. If your doggies, which you have three sweet babies, if your doggies could talk, what do you think that they would say about you? Oh my God. Lady, where are you going now? (laughs) They love going bye-bye with you. By the way, we just just got our, our doggy seat. It just came our doggy thing. Yeah. We just got it. That's funny. If for those of you have to see them, cause they follow her around the house when she's getting ready to go. Because they want to go with me. And right now it's so hot. They can't, but I'm like, every time I turn around, he's like, where are you going now? My God. And we got the suitcases out. Cause we're getting ready to leave for Israel. And he's like depressed. Oh, oh no. Okay. So here's the one. And I think I know the answer. Do you, do you have street smarts or book smarts? 
Probably more street smarts. I was going to say both because I know what a studier you are. I, I, you know, I was going to say both too. I would say naturally more street smarts, but I do. Uh, yeah. I'm a bookworm. I'm a nerd that way. I really am. Would you rather sleep in late or take a long nap later? Sleep in late. Yeah. I'm a sleep in girl. I like both of our husbands get up early and we're like, what? <laughs> Uh, my, my yeah joe's like such an early riser shut the door <laughs> don't open the blinds this one i'm gonna know. this one's gonna be kind of a might be a hard one i want to know whose death in your life hit you the hardest oh whose death i would have to say honestly my grandfather my both um my dad has my real dad has passed away but i um my dad was absent a lot. Um, we connected more as I grew older, um, but I really didn't know him that well. He wasn't like a really steady figure. I had daddy issues big time, but my grandfather was always there. Mm-hmm. Grandpa was always there. That's and cool. So, yeah, he used to spoil me rotten. So when he passed, um, actually he passed away in our home. Oh. So we did We did hospice with him. That's the one thing many of you don't know, right, is that Elisa has a sweet, sweet heart for caregiving for her family. And uh, my last question is, what is your favorite spot in Israel to go to? Oh, um, okay, it's a tie. <laughs> okay. Okay, so my favorite, two of my favorite spots, believe it or not, one is at the, in the Sea of Galilee. Um, there's a jetty at a place called Nof Ginnisar Kibbutz. If nobody has been there, I would say always book your trips there to stay on the Sea of Galilee. It's an amazing kibbutz. The food is amazing, but you, it's the only, one of the only places I know that you can actually like it's beach. Like you can just walk out onto the water and swim, or you can sit at the end of the jetty. And at 5.20 in the morning, watching the sun come up on the east over the Sea of Galilee, and it's quiet. It's just me and him. My favorite. Um, Second favorite, which is equally just as Thai, (laughs) is um, in the old city. Um, It's actually just sitting in the, a lot of people go, not the wall, like the Western Wall. The Western Wall is very beautiful. But I love sitting in the center of the old city in just the um, just the like the cargo area, watching just all these groups of people, because that's where they do like the bar mitzvahs. If they do um, the weddings where the people, the bride and groom are coming down off of, you know, from wherever they live in the old city, coming down to meet. It's just full of people. And it's just such a beautiful thing to watch how different cultures interact. It's one of my favorite places to just sit and people watch. I love that. So cool. So now you all have those written down. I'll make sure they're in the show notes so that you all know those places, especially uh, for the kibbutz. Um, I'll try to find, I'll get the link from, uh, from Alisa. So you guys can go sneak it and add it to your next trip. Okay. So thank you for hanging out with us. Any parting words, especially for those who maybe are brand new. um, And this is all like way, sometimes feels like that fire hose and there's so much, Mm -hmm. maybe they feel lied to They're Why didn't someone finally tell me this? Why? All of a sudden it comes alive. What, do you have any parting words? Mm. I would say don't get too caught up in, in anger. Just just be thankful and, and be observant. Wherever he's asking you to go, just go. 
And just when reading the word, he says that when you look for him with your whole heart, you will find him. Mm. Keep searching. Amen. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. you. I'm so excited. Love you. And that's a wrap on another Messiantics adventure. My fellow spiritual adventurers from splitting red seas of laughter to stumbling upon mana mishaps. We've truly experienced the full spectrum of Messianic marvels and Torah tales. Remember folks, as we navigate the sometimes bewildering, but always beautiful path of faith, it's okay to have a few loose ends along the way. Embracing the messiness of life is what makes our journey genuine and our connection with Adonai so meaningful. Before we go, let's take a moment to thank our incredible guest who shared their story, insights, and aha moments with us. And of course, a big thank you to you, our amazing listeners. Without you, we'd just be folks sitting in here with a microphone, and that's just not as fun. We'll catch up with you next time on Messy Antics, where the Torah is our compass and laughter is our guiding star. Stay joyful, stay curious, and may your days be filled with blessings that are as abundant as manna in the wilderness. And help us out by liking, subscribing, and leaving us that five-star review.